This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. Fall camp set to begin for the Miami Hurricanes football program this Friday. We're going to jump into that in this podcast with a little preview of the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but before we do that, I want to get into some quick notes, uh, announce a ex- uh, partnership we're excited about. Um, so yeah, let's let's do it now. I guess want to start with with announcing an exciting sponsorship slash partnership with Homefield Apparel. Um, if you guys are unaware of, of who this company is, they are a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis, Indiana. They uh, are known for officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs, and they are in the middle of their big new Saturday season two uh, release launches. So that means every Saturday for the next 16 weeks, uh, they're announcing vintage designs of a new school. And this Saturday, be, uh, they will be releasing designs for the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, again, I highly recommend the designs if you guys haven't checked out home field stuff before. Uh, very cool, clean looking apparel, uh, offering shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops. Um, I've been sent some sneak peek looks at what they are offering for the Miami Hurricanes collection, and it is excellent. Um, I will say probably my, my personal favorite of the group, and again, I'm biased, right? This podcast name is Through the Smoke. They have a design of Sebastian the Ibis coming out of the smoke, uh, and it reads, here come the Hurricanes. So I like that one. Um, I like the team of the 80s shirt they have designed. Many, many other cool designs. Again, vintage looks. If you're into the vintage stuff, um, I think you will definitely enjoy what Homefield Apparel brand has put together. Um, so we will be offering a, a promo code um, with Homefield. Again, this releases on Saturday at noon. Saturday. August 7th at noon um, and new customers can get 15% off their purchase with home field with the promo code inside the U uh, just like it is on the website inside T H E and the letter U all together, no spaces at the checkout at homefieldapparel.com. I think when you guys get a look at it at the, at what they're going to be offering, uh, for the Miami Hurricanes collection, you'll be saying, take all my money. Here's my promo code, 50% off. Boom. You'll be set for this college football season. So 
we will be reminding you guys in other podcasts this week about this deal. Um, this is just kind of a little teaser. Just get it in the back of your head. Uh, but again, homefieldapparel.com. You can check out the stuff they have for many other college uh, football brands, the vintage collections they have. I believe they just did a, a Florida week. You can check out you know, how those look and it'll be similar vintage type stuff for the Miami Hurricanes. So wanted to announce that again, we'll be, uh, we'll be reminding you guys of that both on the website, on social, and in this podcast here leading up to Saturday, August 7th. Um, wanted to move on and just shout out Gabby and Natalie Rutia and congratulate them on a beautiful wedding. Uh, the two got married on Sunday evening, um, and Gabby is now on his honeymoon. Uh, so hopefully he is not listening to this announcement right now, uh, this congratulations, and enjoying his time with his wife. And, you know, just want to say weddings are a great reminder of how important love and community is in this world. And the Arutia wedding was, was a wonderful expression of both love and community. I want to share just a funny little tidbit story from, from the wedding. So Andrew Ivins was at the wedding as well. And going into the wedding, right, the wedding was at six o'clock. Going into the wedding, Andrew and I knew that five-star cornerback Jaheim Singletary was going to announce his decommitment from Ohio State uh, at some point that night, right? Um, and so I asked Andrew, hey, do I need to have this story ready just in case? Would it be good for me to just have uh, on the back end and I can just publish it when it happens? And Andrew's like, I already got it covered. I already have it loaded up. I said, okay, cool. Um, Jaheim, for, for, for everyone who isn't aware, he visited the University of Miami this weekend uh, for their pool party event. So he was there. Um, things went well, obviously. He decided to open up his uh, recruitment and he decided to announce it right in the middle of Gabby and Natalie's wedding. Um, so I hear a, a notification go off in Andrew's uh, suit pocket. He pulls out his phone, shows me, hey, Jaheim, Jaheim committed. He quickly starts typing, publishing the article, uh, got it up. And so that's just a little peek into behind the scenes of, of how we have to deal with breaking news at tough times, right? So thanks to Andrew for handling that for the website. Um, saved me getting some dirty looks from my wife during the wedding. So that that's always a plus two. And again, just want to wish Gabby and Natalie a wonderful honeymoon. Um, last thing I'll say here too, before we jump into the, the preview portion of the podcast, uh, for fall camp, I was at the pool party on Saturday, enjoyed covering it. I think Miami had a, a strong, strong list of some of their top targets visiting, to me, just the, the main primary takeaway I had from the pool party was they were able to make a move with Orlando four-star safety Markeith Williams. Um, he, was a, he brought a, a big contingent with him, a lot of family members with him down at UM that day. And I, I think Miami ended the day feeling good about where they stand with Markeith. And on Monday evening, 
Andrew wrote an article basically saying uh, Mark Heath plans to make his commitment on August 11th. So, and, and I guess he'll be deciding primarily between Miami and Ohio State, but I think Nebraska is in there as well. I personally feel good about where Miami stands. I don't have a crystal ball in at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if Miami starts picking up some crystal balls there here in the, in the next few days. Um, so I think Mark Keith was, was the biggest one. They kind of made a significant move for, I think you could say the same of Jaheim Singletary, who, you know, clearly wants to, to look at things um, with opening up his recruitment. I view that as a Miami Georgia battle right now. Uh, but certainly other schools are going to be looking to get into the mix with Jaheim. Uh, but again, I think at the end of the day, it'll, it'll be more of a Miami and Georgia battle. And that recruitment, uh, Travaris Robinson deserves a ton of credit there, just working it behind the scenes, building a, a strong, strong relationship with Jaheim and his, his I've heard his mother and his grandmother. So uh, great job by Travaris Robinson there. So let's get into the podcast now. Um, these were, we record Christopher Stock and I, my colleague at Inside the U, we recorded these videos on the InsideTheU.com YouTube channel. So I would recommend if you guys haven't checked that out, subscribe to that. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing more content on there too, as, as the season, uh, progresses. Uh, but these are the audio versions of those. Uh, videos. And so we broke it up into each position group. So if the transitions uh, from position group to position group sound a little awkward here in the podcast format, that's why um, they were recorded in chunks of only position groups. So this is the offensive side of the ball, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. I think we got, we had some good conversation provided some good insight into what we're thinking about each group going into fall camp, which starts August 6th on Friday. Uh, so after the break, hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, thanks for listening. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, first video of the fall series. I'm excited about this one. So in this one, we're going to focus on the quarterbacks. We're going to name are the best player at this position. I think you guys know who it's going to be. And also a breakout player as well as the top freshman. So there shouldn't be a lot of controversy with this, I think, David. 
But just l- let's name it best qu- quarterback um, in this group is Derek King going into fall practice. But real quick, just curious if you've got to take on a breakout player and then the top freshman uh, thoughts on that. Let's get that out of the way and then we'll talk about this position group. Yeah, I mean, I think Derek obviously the best player. Uh, breakout, I mean, I think if you're going to say breakout, it'd have to be Jake Garcia and he would also be the top freshman, right? Um, but I think, and we'll get into this more, I do expect at the end of fall camp for Tyler Van Dyke to be the number two quarterback. Um, now, if they have to cross that bridge with something happening to Derek, I think it could be a real competition between Tyler and Jake. But um, I think the breakout player after the spring game has to be Jake Garcia. Yeah, and I think that's who I would pick too. But I think it's going to be Jake Garcia as a breakout player because if something happens to Derek this year, I do expect – I'm kind of like you in that sense. I do think Tyler's going to be that number two official kind of backup guy. But I just think Jake's better. I think he proved it in the spring. I think in the opportunity, if the opportunity comes up, I do expect Jake to take it. Um, Again, we're talking about if something happens to Derek, you don't expect Jake to supplant him, you know, pass him up or anything like that. But I do think he'll do well if given opportunities. So it's a little bit trickier of a position group. There's plenty of other groups that a lot of things to get to, but let's stick with quarterback as we're doing this. And Derek, obviously the big question mark will be his health. I find it very interesting that essentially going into fall practice, there doesn't seem to be a lot of controversy or, or question if he's going to be ready. Everything that the coaches have been talking about in the offseason over the summer has been he's going to be ready for fall camp. Derek has come out and said he feels 100%. We see a little bit of videos. Everything looks to be good with Derek. Um, so, I, you know, and I think we just have to take that. I think in yeah. fall practices, you're expecting them to be out there quite a bit. And um, really no question marks, but do, do you think that some of that is a little um, maybe misconceived? Do you think that that's going to be true or do you think it is something to, to watch for? I think it's something to watch, right? But I think it's also fair, you know, as of right now to take people at their word. And, and so far the word is, and, you know, look, I don't know if he's necessarily clear to participate in a full contact practice yet, uh, to be fair. I think he is on track to maybe do that. Um, And so, you know, look, contact football, totally different deal. And honestly, I don't think he he will be tested in that regard until game one against Alabama. Um, But do I think he will take the, take the field as the starting quarterback against Alabama? I do, you know, setbacks could change all that during the course of fall camp. Um, But I do expect him to, be the starter and I expect him to be relatively, I don't know, 80% at least. Um, hopefully it's better than that. Um, but certainly I, I think he will be the starter good to go relatively speaking during against Alabama. And the hope would be each week progressively get a little better. You know, we've seen the ACL injury is not what it used to be. Um, and, and probably the best example might be Deshaun Watson who I think sustained an ACL injury late uh, in a season um, in the past, and he was fully uh, rehabilitated and made a full recovery starter the next season. So um, certainly you don't want any setbacks, and as far as we know right now, Derek hasn't had any, Um, but there is uh, previous examples of players sustaining late-season ACL injuries and making a comeback to start the next season. 
So let's assume he's healthy, ready to go, and, and can play the whole season. Let's just operate on that with this preview here. So Miami fifth in the ACC in passing last year. I felt like in watching Derek, I felt like obviously he had the good games. He had that monster game. Uh, you know, we, we saw that last year's potential. I do think there's room for improvement in the quarterback position sure. with the Eric King. I think he can, you know, increase. He threw for 2,600 yards. Um, I think his touchdown total will be up. I, I think he could produce more at, at the quarterback position. I think maybe, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if his rushing totals were down a little bit just because, you know, they might throw the ball more. They might give it to the running back. So that wouldn't surprise me if that dipped a little bit. But um, I, I do think that they'll be able to pass the ball better. And I, I just think we're going to see a, be- a better Derek King uh, this season. Let me ask you this. So the passing the ball, I agree. I think I think the passing numbers will be improved. And yes, Derek does need to improve, particularly with the deep ball placement. But how much of the improvement do you think comes from the wide receiver group improving? Who, No matter who it is, whether it's Mark Pope, D. Wiggins, Charleston Rambo, Keyshawn Smith stepping up. How much do you think that is the factor for the passing game improvement? Yeah, that that's one of the things. And we talked about Rhett Lashley, obviously another year there. I I, I do I don't think it's eh, we'll get into the tight end stuff, but I do think it's going to be a little bit of drop off. We saw it last year a little bit when Brevin Jordan wasn't out there. So I, I do think that's a big factor. And I know everyone likes Will Mallory. Again, we'll get into it. But yeah, I think you're expecting improvements there in the passing game. And look, if we're talking about the deep balls. If he connects on a few of those and, and obviously didn't, but you know, just a few of those, you're talking 40, 50 yard chunk plays that right. can really get added to the total fairly easily. Again, you're going to miss on deep balls. You're not going to connect yeah. on all of them, but just a few more of those. And it felt like they weren't that far off, but again, you're hoping more big plays, more explosive plays from the passing game. And I, I do expect that. And I think, you know, I, I think he's going to have that potential for those real big games. You know, I think that the first one's going to be tough, obviously, but we're talking about the season and, um, I'm really curious again with those other quarterbacks, how they're going to develop again, the things you like about Jake Garcia, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, like I said, I like Jake better, but you know what you saw in Tyler, there's positives there as well, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I know it's been written about on, on our website quite a bit, but just, you like where they're at with their youth and their, their talent there. And it hasn't always been that in years past. So, um, you know, if they do have to go to one of those guys, you know, you like the, at least the development, you like their, their progress, what they've shown for the future as well. Let me ask you this. So I think there's going to be a lot of talk going into that first game. Cause we touched on it, the unknowns of how healthy Derek is, right. How much he will be willing to run. In my opinion, if Derek's your starter, you have to let Derek be Derek. And I, so I think you have to let him be a runner. I don't think you should take the approach of protecting him by play calling. I also think in order to beat Alabama, you need a dual threat quarterback that can hurt you in both ways. Um, You know, Alabama wants to play a, uh, a quarterback that just stands in the pocket. Right. Um, So what's your take on that? Do you think things will be tailored to protect Derek from a play calling standpoint in that first game against Alabama. And if you think so, would that be, I mean, is that smart or is that not smart? I, I think it could go both ways when you think of it. Um, again, I feel like they have confidence in their other weapons and Derek too. You know, I think he might look at it like, Oh, I don't have to run as much. Um, if, if, you know, can set things up a little bit more or find guys that are open, but I, I'm with you. I think he's got to be himself. And, and I don't, and I think that for the season, I just felt like 
maybe his rushing totals might be down a little bit because uh, yeah. he might choose not to run. But I, I do expect Agreed. him, you know, you're hoping to be healthy, but it, it's all, you, you have to bring everything to the table. If My thing is don't hold him back. Agreed. No. Right. No, you, you can't. Uh, what kind of team are you? They don't have enough good weapons to beat Alabama trying to hold anything back. It's going to have right. to, you're going to have to try to bring everything to the table, you know, have Derek be Derek and go for that big win um, to start it out and then figure it out later. But um, yeah, I'm with you. And, and that's, well, you know, if you have anything else to add with that. Yeah. We can, uh, Let me ask you one more thing just with, with the backups, right. Um, you know, obviously it would not be good. The season would not go as well if Derek gets injured and they have to shut him down for a bunch of games. Right. But how much worse do you think the record would be if a Jake Garcia or a Tyler Van Dyke has to go and start four or five games? Do you have confidence in them like that? I guess yeah, is what I'm asking. I do because I think they have enough ability to, to get wins. And I think that they have I enough, agree. you know, with the coaching with, with Rhett and also with the other weapons, look, they've got guys that they should be able to rely on. And I just think of, of course, the, the receivers, tight ends can help out a quarterback, but I think about the running game. If they want to go back yeah. to really running the ball, you've got three guys that you could choose from. Um, so I, I do think that think they'll, they'll be okay. Obviously, I don't think they'll be as good of a team, but I, right. I think that they'll be okay. And, and we would not have said that um, with previous teams with other seasons because of just the inconsistencies. But I think Correct. both of those young guys can do well with their completion percentage, their efficiency. Um, even though they don't have, they might not have that big play potential, those big games that, that Derek has the potential of doing, but certainly exciting group to watch for this season and for the future. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Lots of talent. I think it's the deepest, if you're talking three quarterbacks we've seen in a while in terms of talent, you know, I think the ceiling with Derek, if everything goes well, 11 and one's like the ceiling. I think if Jake Garcia and or Tyler Van Dyke is your starter, it's like a nine and three ceiling if everything goes well with those two guys. And that's not that bad, right? If we're talking drop off from a star quarterback to the backup quarterback. So overall, I think the the position group is in good shape. Great way to wrap it up and uh, stay tuned for, for more positions, more fall camp previews. Welcome back to another preview series. We are going to talk about the running backs you know, heading into fall camp, we're going to name the best player of this group. I'm very excited. Very curious to see your answers here because we've not talked about this as well as we're going to talk about the breakout player of this group and the top true freshman. I think there's going to be a little bit, there could be some differences in our opinions here. We've not talked about this before, so let's get right into it. But first let's talk about who do you think is the best running back in the group heading into fall practice? Yeah. So best is an interesting, I mean, you could define it a lot of ways, right? I'll define it as talented and I will, I'll go with Don Chaney Jr. I think he's got the best combination of size, speed, home run hitting ability, um, still has to prove himself after uh, a freshman season that was a little up and down or, or slow to start, I guess is a, I guess is a better way to say it, but I will define best as talented um, and so I go with Don Chaney Jr., but he's certainly not the most proven of the group. So best can certainly go different ways. And I was pretty adamant last year about my opinion on Cameron Harris. I know a lot of fans are excited about Don Chaney, obviously, uh, reasonably so, and same way with Jalen Knight. But look, Cam was the best running back last year, most productive. Heading into fall practice, I expect him to be the number one back heading into it. We'll see how it goes. However, I'm going to take this a different route, and I'm going to say the 
you know, I'm going to stick to what I thought last year. I think the best running back of this group is Jalen Knighton. My reasons for that is because I believe he can really add some things in the passing game. I really like his speed, his breakaway speed. And that's where I really think he separates from the other two, but we could, you know, I, I understand the Don Chaney Jr. aspect. I understand Cam Harris as well because he's been the most productive and he's the oldest veteran guy. And we've seen him have the big games. You saw how he started out the last year. And I and it's not really a slight on, on Cam at all. Um, I think he's got yeah. ability too. And I think if they make him the feature back, I think they'll be fine. I yeah. think if they go with Don, it's just a, depends on which route they want to go. For me, again, I like Jalen's ability to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. I think he's right. got a little bit more elusive ability. And I like that that speed. I think he's the fastest of the group. So I would, I'd go ahead and go with Jalen. I think just judging off of last year, you know, I think Jalen is an interesting take, right? Because Don had productive games in those final two games, right? But I think one of the interesting what ifs at, in the running back position uh, is what if Jalen Knighton didn't sustain that shoulder injury against Duke, which was a game he started, right? He, he started that game. He, I think he sustained the injury after two carries. Um, so he didn't really get to show what he could do in that starter role. Um, I think that tells you kind of what the Miami coach coaching staff thinks of him, that he started over Don, um, as a, as freshman. Now I do think Don made a, made a move in, in the spring before he sustained an injury himself. And Jalen Knighton was the guy who showed out in the spring game. So you're exactly right. I mean, Miami can't go wrong with any of those top three guys. I I think what you're getting out, and I, I would agree, I I would not be surprised if Cam Harris is the starter against Alabama. I think he's earned that opportunity to show what he can do. And if he produces, he's going to be the starter for as long as he can produce. Um, but I think, I think the leash, it's going to be a shorter leash this year. And if he doesn't produce, then the other two guys will get plenty of opportunities to show what they can do. And I want you to explain more about Don Chaney here in a second and, and about his abilities, what you like about him. And and one of the things I said in the spring was I just felt like it was really going to be Don Chaney Jr. to be that focal point of the, it felt like it was going to be his. So I would not be surprised if he won the yeah. job. If he is their best running back, I would not be surprised. I just, I, I feel like um, his injury with the shoulder, the surgery, I feel like that's setting him back a little bit. Sure. Um, and I think that that's something that has me a little bit more, I have a little bit more pause on him taking over Agreed. Um, necessarily, but you know, and I, I talked to Deron Thomas, if you guys haven't seen the video, check that out. But he's, he thought, you know, and I think a lot of people think like this about Don Chaney Jr. And maybe that's what you're saying. He thinks he's got a chance to be special um, because yeah. of that combination. So talk a little bit about more about Don Chaney Jr. What do you like about him? And, and essentially what is it about him that he's got a chance? Yeah. I think what we saw from Don last year, um, during the course of that freshman season, he, you could see him trying to figure out what it meant to run with patience and vision, uh, that's required at the college level, right? In high school, he could kind of outrun everyone to the corner and, and hit the sideline and go, um, in college, you got to kind of set up your blocks a little bit more. And I think we saw that as the season progressed, um, you know, you mentioned Jalen is a, threat in the passing game, which he is more of a threat than Don. Uh, but Don made some plays in the passing game as well, just as a little dump outlet on some balls, I think in that Oklahoma State game, uh, the bowl game. So, you know, I think he is an all around back as well. Um, and, and yeah, I just think the the physical gifts 
along with the developing vision and patience puts him in my opinion talent wise above the other two my my issue with cam he's a big strong sturdy back and once he has uh, a lane to hit full speed he's gone um my issue with cam is i don't know about the vision um i just wish the vision was or vision slash patience was a little bit better and if he does take those steps this year he will probably be the starter. So it'll be interesting to see how he does with that development. And just just for clarification, make sure we get this out of the way, but breakout player, I think in this group, you're going with Don, obviously, if he's a starter. Yeah. And yeah. Then I'm going to take Jalen. So let's switch it. Top true freshman. This is a little bit interesting. Again, we haven't talked about this. So I'm curious which route you're going to go. Who's the best true freshman running back uh, in this group here? Yeah, I'm a big fan of, I mean, I haven't seen him in person because he's from Georgia, right? But I'm a big fan of Cody Brown's film, at least. Um, Quite frankly, he is like, in terms of stylistically, I like the style of running back that he is. Uh, You know, I keep talking about patience, but I feel like he has a, he has good vision. He can get downhill in a hurry and uh, he's tough to tackle. And I think that style of running back in a spread offense that spreads out a defense and requires linebackers and guys in the back seven safeties to come up and try and uh, bring down big physical running backs. I like that fit. And, uh, you know, I don't know if Cody Brown's going to get many opportunities or this year, uh, but I, I do, I, I tend to like him a little bit more than Thad this year. I'll be, I'll be on it. Like I'm a big Thad, Thad fan. Um, but the fact that he's, you know, he's reported at 240 pounds to me, that's a little too big. I'd like to see him more in that 225 ish range. And, and so that'll be something interesting to monitor here in his first year at UM. If he can kind of get that weight down a little bit. I'm with you. My top freshman is Cody Brown. And I really like the balance that he, that he runs with and and, and I hate doing so many comparisons with guys, but I, I think of like a style, not necessarily body size at all because he's bigger, but I think of like a Maurice Jones drew in terms of just his compact ability with his balance. And, and Maurice, again, he's smaller than Cody and there were certain explosive plays that he was obviously able to make at the college and pro level, but just that compact balance, um, the, the lower half, I guess is what, what I'm looking at, but sure. You know, um, and I am with you. I think the opportunities will be a little bit more difficult for, for the top freshmen, um, but we'll, we'll see how these guys develop in the future and, and stay with it. I think as a, as a group, the running back, so Miami ninth in the ACC in rushing last year, you know, improvement yeah. from 14th. I, but I know it with coach Lashley, he, he wants that number higher. And I think right. when you have three running backs that you really like, in addition to those young talented guys, but you're expecting these three guys to lead the way they've got to be higher than ninth. And, and I know, you know, especially when you got a quarterback that runs the ball, you're looking at these three fa- these factors and right. you're like, well, why are they not top five? They really should be in that top three range. And I think that's should be a realistic goal. You have an experienced offensive line. Certainly they're going to have to play their part, but it, it, is that realistic? Can they make that big yeah. of a jump uh, in the ACC standings? I think it is realistic. I don't know about you, but I put a lot of those struggles and look backs, you got to figure it out, you know, somewhat, right. Uh, no matter what your offensive line is doing. But I do think, you know, look, Miami was what? I think the second worst power five team in tackles for loss allowed last year. And to me, that's kind of like an offensive line stat. Um, 
And so I, I think a year older, a year stronger, even some new personnel mixed in there with Navon Donaldson coming back. Maybe we see Justice Aluation, the UNLV transfer in there more at the other guard spot, maybe Jalen Rivers, et cetera. I think the push up front should be a little better. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I do think if they can eliminate the tackles for loss and uh, get better in those short yardage situations, I feel like so many times they couldn't convert third and threes, third and twos. Um, then yeah, I think, you know, things start running downhill in this no huddle offense and that allows you to, to kind of pop some bigger runs too. And speaking of pop of bigger runs, this kind of goes to my point I want to make is just, you know, when I said Jalen, I look Jalen, he's got speed and ability. He, he's got to produce better than he did a year ago. I, I think, sure. I, I think he only had one run over 20 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I think Don only had two. I, yeah. I think those were the numbers they finished with. Um, apologize for if those are off, but either way, both of them have to be better in that area. I think Cameron Harris has the ability to have runs too. And I think that's why I like this, the running back group as a whole, all three of those guys, because they do have that ability to really um, gain some yards in, in chunk plays, certainly offensive line. Um, like I said, well, like you said, like it's definitely going to matter. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting heading into fall camp because coach Lashley has said, look, they want to feature back. That, that's pretty well known, right. but now he's got to make that decision and it's going to be hard because however, whatever you think of one running back, you still have to respect those other two because they've got ability too. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot harder of a decision to make than, than what they, they say, especially that first week, because however the game's going to go, it's really, it feels like it's going to be hard to see how Miami is going to really run the ball with a, with a huge yardage total. Right. Um, obviously you'd like that, but it's hard to predict that. So then what do you do? Do you know, do you go off a different guy and if they don't run the ball the, well, the first game, so it's going to be very interesting, interesting to who they decide to go with. Um, but year two on, for those guys, Don and Jalen, and another year of experience for Cam, you know, you're expecting uh, better things. So we'll, we'll definitely see how this goes. And very curious to see if these running backs, the freshmen, if they um, can find a role at all um, in, in this offense this year. But again, certainly looking ahead to the future with both of those guys. Yeah, we'll find out in a hurry if this run game is good, right? Um, because if you produce against Alabama, who on paper probably has the best front seven in the country. Um, if they run for yards, if the backs get loose against this Alabama defense, then we will know they are good. Now, if Miami is shut down in the run game, I'm not sure what we'll really learn other than Alabama's really good, which we already do. Um, but yeah, we'll find out in a hurry if this run game is good, maybe even great. So I'm looking forward to finding out those answers. So definitely we'll wrap that up. You're definitely expecting bigger things out of the run game. Got that experience and the ability and talent. All the combinations um, are looking good for Miami's running backs heading into fall practice, heading into the, to the season. In this video, we are going to be previewing the wide receivers heading into fall practices. There's a lot to get to. We are going to name the best receiver of the group, as well as naming our breakout players and the top true freshmen of the group. David, this is an interesting group. Uh, a lot of guys returning, a lot of talented young players. It's an interesting mix of of players. I'm curious kind of what you think in totality of this group. And also, you know, talk about the totality, but also let's go ahead and knock it out. Name the best receiver of the group. Yeah. Um, I'll take the low-hanging fruit and go with Mike Harley. Um, I'm not going to make any headlines, I guess. I mean, I do think Charleston Rambo showed he can be 
a good player. I need to see more of it. And there's some other guys that I think behind the scenes, Miami's very excited about, but again, I need to see it at this point. So I'll go with Mike Carly. He's, you know, arguably, I mean, statistically, according to some uh, advanced analytics, he is the top returning slot receiver in terms of production in the country. Um, so I just think it's hard to not go with him right now. And that's where I'm going to go with too on the best player. And, and I went with Mike Harley as well. And I think what's going to be interesting, and I think, you know, just the production, um, leadership, a year older, yeah. I think Charleston's going to bring some things to the table. There's no doubt about that. We saw that in the spring game. I think he had seven catches. So certainly ability there. You like his speed. Um, and then the guys with experience last year. But yeah, I, I'm going to say it's Mike Harley. And I'm going to be very interested to see if they're going to move him around a little bit. You know, obviously working him yeah. out of the slot. But I'm curious if, if they're going to put him on the outside a little bit, see if they can u- utilize his speed just to kind of move him around and also give defenses something more to think about, um, make him more challenging. And I think one of the things that stood out to me last year with Mike was he actually had, you know, a lot less reps than, than D Wiggins and just slightly less yeah. than Mark Pope. And I think if you're to look at it going into this season, I, I don't expect that. And I expect them to, I think Mike will lead them, um, lead the receivers and, and reps again, assuming everybody's healthy, um, with Mike, but is there something that you think Mike can be better at or will be better at this year? Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think this goes for all the guys who played at, at UM last year, and that's kind of making contested catches, making 50, 50 balls, uh, catches. Um, you know, I, Mike's not the biggest receiver. I do think he's, he's added some nice strength, weight, thickness to his frame in a good way, uh, this off season. So that should help him uh, you know, be sturdy or stronger at the catch point. Um, so to me that, and, and, you know, I agree. I think they will toy around with playing him more on the outside. And if they do, he's going to have to be more of that type of receiver that can, uh, win those one-on-one battles on the outside against corners. Um, but I think, you know, as we saw last year, as the season progressed, I think what the last six games, he averaged a hundred yards per game. I think he averaged a touchdown per game. And we've seen Rhett Lashley in, uh, in the past, like at SMU, when he likes a receiver, he will feed that receiver constantly with James Prochet uh, catching, I think over a hundred balls, his final year at SMU. I don't know if Mike Harley's going to put up those type of numbers, um, but I do think there is a factor this year in Rhett Lashley knows what he has at receiver. I'm not sure he necessarily knew what he had there going into the season. He had to learn about that group. Uh, but going into this year, he knows he can depend on Mike Harley. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that he kind of feeds constantly, like we saw the, the last half of last season. And again, for just a reminder, Charleston Rambo transfer from Oklahoma showed a, a lot of positives a couple of years ago. You know, and, and showed some flashes last year, but you know, new new situation here, and and I know he's looking for a big season um, for Miami. I, I think we're both expecting him to be right up there at the top. Maybe that number two guy. Maybe he has one of those huge seasons. I, I again, yeah. he's got the speed. He's a little bit taller than Mike. Um, you know, so he's got a little bit more height there uh, that they like. But um, I, I think he's going to be have a productive season this year for Miami. I think when we talk about the wide receivers, and there's a lot again. There's a lot to get to with the wide receivers. A lot of guys returning who played, a lot of young guys returning, the, the freshmen. I'm curious, the breakout player of this group, and I know for me, I, I had a hard time um, 
kind of identifying the, the, this guy. And, and I, you know, I'm going to go with Keyshawn Smith. Um, and, and I think he's a name that people know last year, you know, he, he came up in, sure. in a few spots that, that he has that downfield ability. That's what we heard that he has a speed second year player, a little bit more experience. Um, only a few catches, um, last year, but again, drew those pass interference calls, has the speed. Although I, I want to say, I was tempted to say Mark Pope because I do think Mark's going to be better than he was a year ago. I still think that there's ability. I know people are down on him, um, disappointed in what he's shown so far, but I, I do think that he has a chance to do better than he did last year and really take that jump. And I think he's going to be certainly in that top three. Um, I think he's going to be the guy that'll be a top three receiver for Miami. So it would not surprise me if, if he had that more of an impact or in terms of a breakout season, but I'm going to go with Keyshawn. I like his speed. I think they like him as well. And I think he's got an ability um, to make plays in this offense. Yeah. I think there's people around UM who will tell you, and again, who knows what this means. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a great season, but people kind of think Keyshawn Smith is the most talented receiver on the roster. So will that translate into success in 2021 or will it more be, be more of a 2022, 2023 thing. We'll find out. Right. And, and I agree on Mark Pope. You know, I think in the spring game, we saw him kind of work more out of the slot, which I'm intrigued by for him. I think that's a better fit because I think, you know, we've seen that he kind of struggles to make contested catches. Whereas in the slot, he doesn't necessarily have to do that as much. And Mark is a guy who is very fast. And, uh, you know, if he has, ability to pick up some yards after the catch while on the run. Um, he can hurt a, he can hurt a defense with that speed. Um, you know, so I, I like those two picks. I'm curious, who would you of those two, like if we're ranking, I think we agree Harley Rambo will be the two most productive receivers. However, you want to order that. If you're going to predict, predict the third most productive wide receiver, um, which direction would you go on that? Yeah, I'd go with Mark and, Again, I know I understand why people are hesitant with him. Like I get it, you know. I I watch the games too. You know, like he's got to produce more. He's a guy that, to me, I know he wants to be good. I I know it bothers him that that some of these things haven't gone as well as he would like. I just think his ability is there, and I think there's. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's that far off, if that makes sense. Like I think that he's close. I think he's he has potential to have big games. I think he's got the speed. I really like his speed, athleticism. Um. I, I would like, like when you talked about working out of the slot and give him the ball, essentially you want to see, um, get him the ball early. I'd like to see him on short, either slant patterns or, or even short outs. Crossing. I'm not big on the bubble screens with him. I get yeah. why teams do that. I just, I would like to see him run in space and then catch right. rather than go from a standing spot, um, a standing yeah. start. If He's, that makes sense. He can't really wiggle from what we've seen, like stop wiggle, make defenders miss and then go. He's, he could do that in high school, but for whatever reason, it hasn't translated to college or even, uh, uh, even like a bubble screen, you're, you're doing a stiff arm and really getting a guy off yeah. of you and picking up nine yards or even something like that. That's not really his strength either. So I, I just think he's a guy that, um, yeah, it, it, to answer your question. Yeah. I do think that I, I think sometimes, and this happens in all sports, like, you know, guys get built up and then if they don't do well, you know, there maybe players are never as, as good as you might think. And they're never as bad sure. either. So, and I think, I think that's yeah. kind of where Mark stands. I think that he still has ability. I think he can, like I said, I'm expecting him to do better than he did last year. And I think if he, if he does, that's really going to help out the, the group, uh, the offense as a whole. So those guys, again, reasons to be excited about Keyshawn. 
Yeah. More guys to get to. D. Wiggins, I think there's still intrigue with Jeremiah Payton. Sure. Um, he would have been my breakout player a year ago in this group. It just yeah. didn't happen for him. I think Mike Redding is a guy that you got to keep your eye on. Um, yeah. I think he's a guy they like. So, and he's got that physical side that they don't really have at the group. So I think he's a guy certainly to watch for as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was a fan of, of Jeremiah Payton coming out of high school. I think he's kind of had an unfortunate run of injuries at UM that, that have limited it to show what he can do, but you know, you've seen him out at practice when he's out there running routes during the, the times we can watch. It's impressive. Like he's explosive in and out of his breaks. He can create separation. Um, he's just kind of had a snake bitten career with, with injuries. Um, so hopefully he can get that back on track because he is a good player and, and Mike Redding, you're right. He's kind of that 200 plus pound wide receiver. They have the only one on the roster. Um, and, and you could argue that was kind of a missing piece, you know, in the red zone in terms of the wide receivers. Now the tight ends can obviously get those red zone touchdowns, I guess, too, but it'd be nice to have a wide receiver that could come down with those jump balls slash contested catches. And, and he certainly has the body and the jumping ability to do that. So I agree. And then, you know, Xavier Restrepo was, was kind of one of the breakout players of the spring. He's just a dependable guy. Um, he's not going to wow you with his size athleticism. Um, but he finds a way to get open and, and he catches the ball and moves the chains. So, and those guys have value. I do think that they, they are going to get to their goal of playing six receivers. I think that's the number to watch for in fall camp during the season. Before we wrap this up, just real quick, top true freshmen. There's three guys, Jacoba George, Ramilla Brinson, Brashard Smith. Who do you think is the best true freshman of the group? I think the best one's Brashard Smith. I'm not sold he's going to get on the field because I think it's, it's kind of stacked at slot, especially if they're going to put Mark Pope there. Um, I would say Romello Brinson might have the best chance to play uh, if the guys ahead of him on the depth chart are unable to catch the ball, quite frankly. So that's how I would view that. And for me, I'm, I'm, I think Brinson is, the, I was kind of go the other way. I think Brinson's the best uh, freshman of the group. And I think Burchard's a guy that could get an opportunity um, because he's, you know, what he brings to the table out of the slot, kind of move him around a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him get a little bit of production. So a lot of receivers to get to. I think this is the most one of the most intriguing groups in terms of, you know, a lot of different skill sets, uh, a lot of different guys to choose from. It's going to be very interesting to see what the coaches do if they really give these second year receivers opportunities. If guys like Mark and D struggle, and then if Charleston is really going to push Mike as that top receiver. So there's a lot of tiers to pay attention to with this different receiver group. But I think again, I think they're going to go with six. So a lot to watch for with this group. I think you could argue too, Chris, like the ceiling of this team, the ceiling of this season is based on how these guys produce, how they step up. You know, we saw against Clemson, they locked them down man to man with their corners and they couldn't get loose and make plays. Can this group get that done against those high caliber opponents this year? If they can, Miami can, can win 10, 11 games. And lastly, last thing I'll say about this group, the one thing that I will say that I do like about it is I do think this group has speed and with speed, you can really excel. Yeah. And I think you got a quarterback that can get them the ball. So that's the thing that you like about this group. And there's multiple guys with speed, um, multiple different weapons. So definitely a group to watch for in fall practices. Should be fun.
We are back here continuing our fall video series, previewing the tight ends. Very excited to talk about this group. We're going to name the best player of the group, as well as naming a breakout player and the top freshman. A little bit interesting of, of a group here. You lose Brevin Jordan, but Will Mallory is back, and I think there's no question he is their best player of the group. David, what do you think about Will Mallory? I assume you're, you're naming him the best player. Yeah, I think he's going to be the best guy this year. Um, you know, we finally get to see Will Mallory enter a season as the guy at tight end uh, after having to essentially be the backup to Brevin Jordan uh, the last few years. You know, to me, it, it just to, with Will, it kind of boils down to opportunity. Um, you know, I think he, he produces when he is in that lead tight end role, um, but injuries and you know, having to, to play behind Brevin, I think has limited his chance to fully show what he can do. We've seen flashes of production in the past. Um, and I think if Will can stay healthy this entire season, which, you know, I, I let's be frank, I think it's kind of a big if, judging by what we've seen here from, from him during his college career. Um, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a highly productive player in this offense. And I think it's probably what you notice as well, but Will has shown the ability to have big plays out of that spot, you know, whether yeah. it's running those seam routes and just coming up with big plays. One of the things that stands out to me with Will, and he said it in the spring was he recognizes that he'd like to be more consistent, not just game to game, but in games. And I think that's what we've seen is just, yeah, he might have a big catch or a big play in the first quarter. And then, um, you know, we just don't see much of him the rest of the game that has happened. And he's, essentially has recognized that and he feels like that's something he's going to work on. And I don't think there's any question if he's going to be that number one, you know, he's going to be that number one guy, but that that's one of the big um, aspects of being the top guy at a position is you, you've got to be uh, a weapon, a threat throughout the whole game. And I think that's the thing to watch for with Will is just, you know, put, you know, quality quarters together within a game. And I, I do expect Will to be a productive player. Miami wants to go to their tight ends. You saw it last year with Brevin. You've seen it in spots with Will. And I think this is going to be a year where Will, not only will, will be that number one guy, but I think he's going to produce um, what you're hoping for out of that tight end spot, whether it's 30 catches or whatever it might be. I do think he's going to be productive in catching passes, you know, uh, in between the end zones, but I think he's going to be scoring touchdowns as well. And I think it's going to be big for the offense. Yeah, I think, you know, everyone around the program respects Will for his work ethic. And we've seen the the development and progress in his game over the years. I think the first year blocking was a concern. I think he showed he improved that in year two. In year two, drops, if we're being honest, were a concern. Uh, he would drop some easy catches. I think he cleaned that up last year. Um, so now it's just time for him to put it all together. And, you know, I think when he has been the starter, he's shown that he can be a 50-yard guy in a game. Um, and, you know, he's shown even like the ability to to get 50 yards on two catches, which is rare at the tight end spot. So it's all there. I think he just has to put it all together and, and quite frankly, stay healthy. And if that happens, he's going to produce. So we've seen this tight end position produce in, in duos the last few years, whether it was, you know, mentioned with Brevin and Will, but even going back with David Njoku, Chris Herndon doing it together um, a few years ago. I am curious who you think this breakout player will be of the group. Maybe it's Will. Maybe you've got another guy in mind. But essentially, you know, kind of where Miami has stood in recent years, they've had another guy that that's, can be productive in opportunities 
who do you think is going to be the breakout player of this group? I think it's tough to pinpoint one. If we're being honest, I think will is going to get the bulk of the snaps. I think there's just too many question marks with the other guys. If we're being honest, you know, Larry Hodges back on the team after a, a brief little suspension for off the field stuff, what's his standing going to be, you know, in terms of really get, being able to play, we'll find out, you know, but I think he'd be the, probably the guy you'd have to point to right now as starting the season as the number two guy, um, Dama Morelli, you know, he's coming off some shoulder issues, which I guess, you know, is still kind of lingering going into fall camp. So we'll see what his availability is. And I think the same can somewhat be said of Elijah Arroyo, who's coming off, I guess, some knee surgery, cleanup stuff in the off season. Um, but I think it is fair to say if Elijah is fully healthy, fully a full go, I think as the season progresses, he could be the number two tight end. Um, but honestly, Chris, I, I just kind of view this as Will Mallory's show at tight end this year, um, which, as you said, you know, it's, it's going to be different than what we've seen at the position. But I think it's going to be Will Mallory at tight end and more receivers getting on the field. That's, that's my read on it. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if the number two tight end, if another tight end had more than 10 catches in the season. And I know that's a low total to, to get. I just don't see it happening. If I were to pick a breakout guy, I, I'd pick Larry Hodges because I do think that the players and the coaches have, have spoken highly about his ability um, in, in terms of things he can do on the field. Again, like you mentioned, he's got to stay on the field. So I, I'd pick him. I really like what Elijah Arroyo is bringing to the table for the future. Um, and, and as far as Larry being a breakout guy, look, where I don't ex again, I expect him to be the breakout guy of the group. I don't expect him to, in terms of yeah. role snaps, things like that, but I don't expect him to be ultra productive. Um, we'll see if that can change, if he can kind of be a guy that's really reliable, but I really like what Elijah brings to the table. He's yeah. my top freshman. Um, I know there's some local people that really like what Khalil Brantley brings to the team in terms of some versatility at the spot as a freshman, sure. but when you watch Elijah on film, uh, it, it, there's a lot to really like. I like that he gets into the end zone from different points on the field. I yeah. really like his ability for the future. Again, we'll see if it happens this year, but he's also a guy, if, you're if you want to guess a, a breakout guy, he could also be the fourth guy on the, on the depth chart throughout the whole year behind the two guys you mentioned. Or is he a guy that emerges and, and can really showcase his abilities early on and be that number two? So a lot to, to it's a lot to watch for with Elijah in, in, in year one, but I don't think there's any question. I, I think he's a guy to watch for in the future because you really, you yeah. should really like his abilities. He's probably going to be Miami's next star tight end. His high school film was one of the best of their recent class, right? Just the plays he made, you touched on it. And you've been around him too uh, at these camps. He, his frame, very impressive. He's, he's obviously added some good weight since, since arriving to UM. So he looks the part already as, as a freshman at tight end. To me, the question is just how healthy is he, which I think is an unknown right now. Um, I think he's close. I think he's on his way back, but is he going to get a, a full clear all go for fall camp? We'll find out. I think if that is the case, you know, he might emerge as the number two tight end. Now, does that mean he's going to play a bunch? Again, I think it's mainly going to be Will Mallory. Um, but yeah, he is, in my mind, he's the future of the position. And, and maybe we'll see more of him in the second half of the season. Or it might come in spots. I, I think the way I look at this position in general, I think this has to be a group that's very efficient. Um, 
with their opportunities. Look, if they're going to go with more wide receivers, if they want to run the ball a little bit more, there might not be as many opportunities for tight ends in general, whether that's Will or the other guys. But I just think, look, you touched on Will having issues and drops years ago. And I just think this group has to take advantage of any opportunity they get. Um, I think that's where they, the strength of this team can be. I think Will can be a very productive player in his role and his opportunities, um, it, even if they do good with other guys. But I think this can be still a strength of the offense um, when they get their opportunities. And I think that's going to be the key of the group. And I certainly think Will can be one of those top ACC tight ends. He, he's yeah. shown it in flashes, and I, I expect him to be one of those guys. I, um, there's certain things that he actually does better than um, Brevin did. Uh, you know, obviously a little bit bigger guy, and and I think he can maybe pre- provide some 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 height there, in the, and particularly in the in the red zone. But we we talked about about his ability just to get downfield, and Brevin had yeah. that too. But just I I think you you've seen that with Will, and I think Will does a good job of, of holding on to the ball, making contested catches, and um, really shows some toughness in the middle of the field. So not that Brevin didn't, but I just I, I like what Will brings to the table. I think that they this is can can still be a strength of the team, even if they only have one guy that they're really going to quite a bit. Yeah, at that position, you just need one, right? And if you have a tight a matchup problem at tight end, it it does it does uh, stretch a defense. Let me ask you this: so last year Brevin had 576 yards. I think you know didn't play every game, but played enough. If, if I was going to ask you over under 500 yards for Will Mallory this year, which direction would you go on that? See, I would go under, and the only thing I would say, and they're, they're gonna play more, well, I think that they have other guys that they can go to in the offense. I, I think it's going okay. to be inefficient, but the only thing, I, I quickly said that, but now that I'm thinking about it, they're going to play more games, ideally. Right. right. So maybe he gets over the 500 mark. But If again, he's healthy, I, think, I would say over, but that's a big variable for Will. It is. Yeah, I think he's going to be efficient. Um, obviously the health thing, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that they can just go to other guys is the way I look at it. But that doesn't mean, um, that he won't be a good player for them. So, um, tight end numbers are always interesting. I, I keep, I've kept yeah. track of tight end stats since 2000 and I have it year by year. I always like looking at it because it's very interesting to see how it all breaks down. But certainly I, I do think will 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 be a good player for them. And if will is hurt, I think that hurts the offense quite a bit because yeah. I don't think these other guys are ready for, having games where they're three, four, five catch games where they can get 50 yards. I don't see that at all. So I think that I think the offense will take a hit. And I think we saw that a little bit at times when Brevin was off the field. So definitely a position group to watch for because of that, that key with Will, he should be a, one of the top tight ends in the ACC should be fun to watch him for a full season. Back here for another preview video. This one, we're going to focus on the offensive line, how it looks going into fall practices. We're also going to name the best player of this group, as well as a breakout player and a freshman, the best true freshman of the group to watch for. Let's get right into it. I think this group is very interesting because there's a lot of different scenarios you can go with in combinations with a lot of experience. They finally have experience on the line. A lot of guys coming back. And I, I don't think it's set in stone who the top five guys are going to be. I think that's what makes this so interesting going into it. Before we get into those combinations, maybe some things to watch for with that. David, let's, let's just jump right into it. Who is the best offensive lineman of the group? Yeah, for some reason, I really like Navon Donaldson when he's at his best. And so I will go with him. You know, I think Zion Nelson gets first round draft pick buzz. I think that's more of a projection. Um, you know, based on the trajectory he's on, he, he made a big improvement from 2019 to 2020. 
And if he does make that same type of improvement here in 2021, yeah, he'll probably be the best guy. But in terms of what we've seen when they are at their best, I'll still stick with Navon Donaldson as, in my opinion, the best offense, the most impactful offensive lineman, I guess I'll put it. And we've not talked about any of these decisions or, or picks that we were going to make, but that, that's it for me too. I think Navon is their best offensive lineman. I like what he did a couple of years ago when he was healthy. I, I think he's been Miami's best offensive lineman. Again, when healthy, I think he's looking good when we've seen him at camps yeah. um, in terms of we're not watching him play, but just seeing him slimming um, down how he looks. And I, yeah. I really like that. I really like the experience. And you saw it flashes last year when he got in late in the season. So I think the ability is there. I think that's a very important position there at guard. I think that's where he's best at. And I think he's going to be their best. Off of the, I think he is their best offensive lineman. Once again, you, you touched on Zion Nelson. I was thinking about Zion a little bit, kind of leaning towards that. And another guy to keep track of is DJ Scaife was named team MVP two years ago. thought he really dropped off last year, but you know, he, he could have been a choice and, Jared Williams is going into his seventh year. So maybe you'd go that route, but a lot of guys to choose from with this group, but I do think Navon's the best. This, what do you think the, the, the biggest battle is to watch for in fall camp amongst the offensive linemen? I think right tackle, um, you know, Jared Williams was the starter there for the majority of last season. I think overall he was solid. He did play with a broken hand injury, which is always going to be tough to play with on the offensive line. Um, so within that context, I think it's fair to say he played pretty well. Now he does need to improve. And I think, I think there is a chance he does get better. You know, I think he was hurt by the COVID off season, not being in a strength and conditioning program, being able to keep his weight up, all that good stuff. That's, you know, obviously the case this offseason, he's able to be in Miami's program, uh, get stronger, eat right, all that stuff entering fall camp. So I think that's going to help him. But honestly, I think he enters fall camp as the backup because I think Miami really liked what DJ Scaife showed in the spring. Um, and he's got to have, he's going to have to battle for his job. Uh, I do think Jared will end up winning the job but I think he, DJ Scaife's going to start with the first team at right tackle. And I'm a little surprised because again, I just didn't think DJ played well last year. I mean, played guard and he freely admitted he prefers tackle. So I, I don't think you'll see DJ at guard probably the rest of his career. Um, I think they're recruiting well enough where they don't have to do that, but he just likes tackle better and, and more confident. It, it, it is interesting to me that DJ is right there because Jared did start. I, I think DJ did struggle with the offensive line coach the, with Garen justice. He didn't see DJ, you know, the year before he wasn't with him when he had that good season. So I find it a little interesting that he really is challenging, but I think that is the same thing that we're hearing. Um, I'll and, say and this I'm, about DJ too. I think people like, and if you look at the Virginia tech game, right. He, I think the feeling inside the program is that he's better at tackle. Not only does he like playing tackle, but he's the coaches feel like he's better at tackle because when you're inside, there's a lot, there can be a lot going on to keep track of uh, with stunts and stuff. And that's why I referenced the, the Virginia tech game. Whereas at, at tackle, he can kind of just focus on one guy um, and they feel like he's, he's better suited for that. And also I think his body frame is a little bit better at the tackle spot with the longer arms, a little bit, I don't want to use slim, you know, but, but I think yeah. there's other guys who are a little bit wider at guard, which is typically what you see. 
I think the maybe we'll, let's go right into breakout player of the group. For me, it's Jalen Rivers. I think it's a group that returns a lot of guys that have played a lot. And maybe you're looking at a guy that you're you're thinking maybe he'll improve his play um, and be become you know be one of those really top guys. Maybe that's how you view the breakout thing. But I think Jalen's a guy that has a chance to. I think he'll. I think he has a real good chance of starting early on. I think he's a guy that they like. And I think he's going to be their breakout guy of the group. And um, I think they need that because you got a lot of guys who are getting ready to turn over and um, move on from UM after this year. And a guy like Jalen, you need that anchor moving forward. And, and hopefully uh, from UM standpoint that he, they get one of those seasons from him as you, as you look to build for the future. Yeah, I think I'll just, I'll go with Navon Donaldson uh, kind of taking the next step and, you know, a bit of a forgotten guy, maybe a bit of a guy who the fan base is down on right now. So I think he'll, he'll come in, make an impact. I like Jalen rivers too. We could get into this here. Uh, I'm curious if you go left to right real quick, what lineup intrigues you the most, not predicting what you think the coaches will do, but like what lineup would intrigue you most that you would want to see game one against Alabama. Yeah, I think the big thing is you want to try to get some size in there against Alabama and some experience. And I think you have to be, look, I think you have to look at it from a different standpoint of like, let's look at this. What's the best lineup for week one? And then we'll figure out the rest of the season as it goes. And I think we saw that maybe even a little bit last year with how things changed um, from the opener. But I think the big thing, yeah, I think it goes on from the left. I I would like Navon from the left side as well. Um, I understand Navon at right guard, but you know, they like Corey Gaynor. I understand some people not real high on him, but look, he everything we've heard yeah. since he's been at UM, he's one of the leaders. You know, he's one of those vocal guys. We've heard that from that center spot from from the past from a bunch of guys who have played center. So I don't think that's going to change. I think if that was going to maybe be switched off of, they would have done that in the spring. We just didn't hear anybody really threatening at that spot. I know Cleveland Reed has gotten some reps there, but that's not a legitimate threat at this point in his career with where Corey is. So I think Corey still goes at, at center. Again, I don't, I'm not a big fan of what we saw at DJ Scaife at right guard. So maybe you yeah. go Jalen Rivers there and then just go with Jared Williams at right tackle. Um, again, Jared's over the hand injury and, and he shows he can be that guy. But I think maybe that's the group to go with, or you flip Navon. If you want to do that and put him on the right side, right. that's fine too. But I, I, I don't think, I think that there's maybe some, some things you could have done at center. I just think it's going to be a little too late going into fall camp um, to make that move with Corey. And if, if they like Corey, they like his leadership, they trust him to be yeah. solid enough, then, then you can't make that move at this point, I don't think. I, I agree with your lineups. I, I'm just intrigued. And Miami's not, Miami views him as a 2022 guy, but UNLV transfer justice alluation. I just think he's a guy that has over 20 starts. Um, He's primarily played right tackle at UNLV, but I think at the power five level, and if he has hopes of playing in the NFL, he's going to have to kick inside to guard. So for me, I'm just intrigued. Now I I do think Jalen rivers is highly talented, but I do wonder, like, do you just go all veteran proven experience and go Navon and, and justice as your guards and then I agree with your tackles to Zion and Jared. Um, so that's, I, I, I like your lineup, but I am, I am curious to see if justice gets a legitimate shot. Cause when they took him, it wasn't even a thought like, Oh, he's a 2022 guy, but still you have a guy on your roster that's 
has 20 starts. And I think he's a powerful guy. He's not as big as Jalen, um, but he is a physically powerful guy and older guy too. So that intrigues me a little bit. And I hope they seriously look at him. And I was going to, I was going to bring his name up because of that experience, because one of the things is we don't know a lot about him in terms of what he looks yeah. like at UM and we will see in fall camp and the coaches too. And, and hopefully the coaches won't hold that against him that, he, you know, that right. he hasn't been around as much or anything like that. But if he has the ability, if he's ready to step in, definitely go with him over Jalen. I'm definitely okay with that. And I, I do, like I said, to start this thing off, I think there's a group of guys you got to go with in that first week to try to pull this upset off. Um, and, and I think that experience will, yeah. will play a part. I, I like size going against Alabama. I think that's the way to go. And um, hopefully they're not just brushing him aside because he's not, he wasn't there in the spring and, and things like that. Hopefully they are going to give him a serious look and hopefully they have that mindset too of, look, this is a guy who's played a lot of football. Maybe he, he's a guy that can, can fit in there, give him a lot of uh, first team reps and see if it works out. So definitely curious, very intrigued by him for sure. Yeah. Um, I do think certain- too, like Ja'Kai Clark, the fact that he's coming back from an injury, not really healthy as far as we know right now, or coming back slowly, I guess is a better way to put it. If you slide justice in at left guard now, it doesn't necessarily ruffle feathers, if that makes sense, right? Because Jalen hasn't necessarily played much too. Now, if Jalen is clearly better than justice, you have to go with Jalen Rivers. Um, But again, the experience factor there, and I think there's that opportunity to slide him in and it won't ruffle any feathers on that offensive line. And it seems like they they have that in store. I I don't expect the tackles to, now you've got guys to choose from, but I don't expect them to flip between left and right. Um, at this point, I think they're going to try to get some stability there. And, um, and certainly that's a big key. Like you said, if you got to plug and play a different guy, move them around, but whatever you plan on doing, you'd like for them not to shift around. Like for example, Navon Donaldson, wherever you think is the best position uh, for the right. season, go ahead and put him there, let him stay there and then switch up the other spot, whatever that might be with, with another guy. If you're not quite sure on who it might be, whether it's Jakai. And it certainly sounds like the latest update that we got, it, it's been a while, but it just, didn't seem like they were expected Jakai to be ready um, for the opener. Um, how, and certainly they can bring him along slowly because they do have these other guys. How much do you think it helps this group that they are year over year have the same position coach? Cause it has been a group that has had different position coaches for the past, you know, previous three seasons, I guess. And to me, that's one of the positions where cohesion chemistry really matters, who the voice is at the, at that position coach matters. Do you think that will help them improve year over year? Yeah, I think that's big. I, I personally always like when when players know their position. And I understand the philosophy for coaches. They want the best five. They want the guys to be versatile and understand all five positions and and that mindset. And we have seen that. Guys move around. We talked about DJ Scaife, guard to tackle. But I think it's important for guys to stay in a position um, on the offensive line. Look, look, this guy's a tackle. Let's leave him at tackle, particularly on left or right. Have, kind of have a idea and let them um, really work at that position. I, I think we've seen guys shift around quite a bit um, from, from their own personal standpoint. So I think that's big in addition to what you just mentioned with the, the coach staying the same. But I really like when guys kind of just can kind of work themselves into that position, stay, stay true to it and really learn and get better at it. And I think that's key. And I think that's what we're seeing, you know, guys kind of yeah. locked in. Um, and to your point, you know, get from Garen justice's point of view, like he didn't really know his group last year going into this season. He essentially only had fall camp to learn about him. So now he knows his guys and he can put them in the, in the right spots quicker. 
So, so many guys returning. Um, not, I don't expect a lot of opportunities for the two, the true freshmen. But which, which of these group, uh, these three guys, who do you think is the best one? Yeah, I mean, I think they all kind of have their questions. I, I do like, I like Ryan Rodriguez at center, but, you know, is he the prototypical size? No, that's something he's going to have to uh, answer during his career, but I think he's a smart guy. I do think he's physically talented for, you know, for his size. So I, I'll, I'll probably go Ryan Rodriguez at center, but the other two guys certainly are intriguing in some, in some ways too. And I was thinking that route too, and regardless of looking at their recruiting rankings, but just kind of their impact and, and where they'll kind of fit in. And like you said, the center spot, and I think it's going to be interesting with Mike there at the tackle spot. And then uh, Lawrence Seymour, particularly, I think he's going to be a guard. And that's who I think is the best freshman. Again, you, you touched on it because I do think all three of these guys have work to do. Um, yeah. Even Lawrence Seymour, a guy that was highly regarded, but I think he's got work to do to, to be a, a quality player. I, I yeah. trust that he'll get there. Um, I don't expect him to make an impact this year, but we'll, we'll see how he does. You know, before we wrap this one up, just real quick, I, there's a lot of fans that always are, oh, it doesn't matter what we talk about with the offensive line. A lot of people are curious about what's going on with Isaiah Walker. I, any takeaways with him? Everyone was really intrigued by him as a recruit, goes to Florida for a little bit, transfers to Miami. And then last year, um, didn't see the field. A little question marks on what, what his activity was like. What? What, what can you say about Isaiah and, and his abilities, yeah. his future, I guess? I think it's a, it's a tough situation to talk about, quite frankly, um, because I think he is dealing with stuff away from football that he's trying to straighten out in his life. Um, now, he's not in trouble or anything like that, but just he, he's trying to get through some things. Um, quite frankly, I don't know how much he was he's been practicing with the team dating back to last fall. Um, so... We'll find out if he's out there at fall camp. Hopefully he is. And that, that would be a sign that he's kind of back on track. Um, and, and if that's the case, he is a guy that's talented. Um, so he, he is a good football player. But right now, I think his focus is kind of on other, other aspects of his life. And just want to add the luxury of not having to play a guy like him, having to be in there it is great to have that they don't have to. But again, talent is there. There's reason why you should like him as a player moving forward. Again, hopefully he gets that real skill development um, as much as possible. So when it is his time to, to be ready, he'll be ready to go, ready to make an impact. And I think you see that a lot with the offensive linemen in general. Just yeah. It might take him a little bit. And um, when it's their time, just the, the, they're ready to go. So definitely an interesting group. A lot of position battles to watch for. Be very curious to see how they open up against Alabama with this group. So definitely keep in mind um, all of these position battles and, and we'll keep you locked in there. All right, guys, again, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the offensive side preview going into fall camp. Uh, I think some good insight was dropped there. Hopefully you feel like you learned something going into uh, the start of the season. Again, wanted to just remind you guys to uh, be ready to spend some money on some good-looking vintage Miami Hurricanes football apparel brought to you by Homefield. Homefield Apparel and Inside the U are, are partnering to offer 15% off first purchases with Homefield. The checkout code will be Inside the U. Uh, at Homefield Apparel. Again, this only goes live. This goes live on August 7th, Saturday. So 
you got some time here, but just wanted to uh, make you guys aware once again. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, till next time, take care.